Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, I'm Chris Reid, CEO and Managing Director of Near Metals. And I'm Jeremy McManus. I am General Manager, Commercial and Investor Relations for Near Metals. Near Metals is an ASX-listed project developer. We develop projects in materials and minerals needed for a clean energy future. The common intersection of our three projects is that they are in commodities that are most positively affected by the electrification of transport and the storage of electricity. Chris, Jeremy, good to see you again. Um, thought we'd uh, catch up with you because we saw the press release with regards to the decision to fund um, commercial operations uh, for the battery recycling component. And we, and we will talk about that and we'll probably focus on that. But there's a few little outliers I want to deal with because you've been thick and fast with press releases in the past few days. Uh, Widgie, has that gone uh, according to plan? Yeah, absolutely. We held our extraordinary general meeting yesterday uh, of the shareholders who overwhelmingly approved the capital reduction and distribution of Widgie Nickel shares back to the new metal shareholders. So the prospectus accordingly, it's uh, an unwritten prospectus, was lodged with ASIC today. Okay. And um, for shareholders outside of ASX, how are they going to benefit? So the near metal shareholders will get a uh, distribution of Widgie Nickel shares. The foreign shareholders, uh, those shares will be held uh, by Euros Hartleys, the brokers to the offer, uh, who will sell those shares in the market when they are listed and remit the proceeds back to the shareholders. And presumably they can then go and buy Widgie shares directly. Great. Yeah, look, it's uh, if you try to do it, you have to do Otherwise, you've got to file prospectuses in different countries and the legal costs are just prohibitive. Right. Okay. Uh, the other the other one is, I noticed the vanadium recovery plant, successful completion. Now what? So the next step is to finalise the contractor to perform the Class 3 engineering cost study and appoint them with a view to finishing that 30 June uh, 2022 and consider an FID in December of 2022. Okay, so we'll, let, let's hit that um, nearer, nearer the time. So a um, bit I want to talk, talk about today is um, the decision to fund commercial operations for the battery recycling project, because we've been we've been talking and following you for quite a while, right? And it's always been a case of looking off into the far distant future about you know when you'll get to some sort of commercial production, get revenue flowing, and actually prove that you can get this thing done. This is a big first step to deliver those things, isn't it? Yeah, look, absolutely. So, you know, we incorporated the Primobius uh, joint venture with SMS, big global engineering group based in Germany. So, you know, at the moment we have commissioned successfully the first stage of our hydrometallurgical plant, sorry, of our demonstration plant. So, which is essentially shredding and beneficiating. So taking live cells, destroying them, physically separating out the components and, and collecting black mass. That's what we will use to feed the Hydromet refinery in stage two. So that's uh, at an advanced level in construction. We will commission that starting in September, run those trials in October, November. So that and the evaluation are one piece of work. And that's on a that, that's to construct a 50 tonne a day operation in Germany. I guess it's fair to say that the interest, the inbound interest from the uh, German 
car makers and cell makers is that they want a service and they want it now. So we always knew that these volumes of batteries, because Europe's going to be the second largest producer of batteries in the world outside of China, that, you know, the end of life batteries would come much later. And I guess what we're surprised about is, you know, the production scrap that's out there because the gig factories are being built uh, and commissioned and that there are warranty returns and product recalls and whatever. And what we're finding is that there's significant demand to provide commercial services. And so the demonstration plant, we just have to make relatively minor modifications to that. I mean, there's there's some additional equipment, obviously, um, but we can u- utilise and scale that throughput up from one tonne a day to 10 tonnes a day the reason to go to 10 tonnes a day is because that is the largest uh, or the highest capacity that we can get through approvals without going through a public process, which is fairly drawn out. Now, we expect to obviously and plan to go through that for the larger 50 tonne plant, but the 10 tonne a day plant, the SMS gentlemen were happy for us to, uh, happy for Primobius to start operations at Hilkenbach. I mean, where do you ever get to take a demonstration plant, put it into, uh, start commercial operations, and you're, you're in their manufacturing headquarters, right, which is unbelievable. So there's 4,500 bods uh, around that site, you know, all the skills, all the trades, um, and just to have that in-house level of support is, is you know, fantastic. So it takes the step up in commercialization. Apart from going from one tonne to 50 tonnes, it goes to 10 tonnes. As, as Jeremy, uh, you know, will, will allude to, you know, some of the other um, factors are that it, it, it helps us build our operations team uh, ahead of making that 50 tonne. And it's really, it's a major de-risking. Like we've de-risked the front. We announced to the market that we'd successfully commissioned the front end and we're shredding live cells for, for car makers. We're collecting the black mass. Uh, and, you know, whilst we haven't concluded any 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 agreements so far, you know, the, the shareholders are like, well, if we build it, they will come. There is the demand. We know that. Uh, and... You know, we've approved the money to make sure that subject to receipt of those approvals, which, you know, we we expect uh, to receive, which will enable us to start offering a service um, in Q1 2022. Well, I mean, talk to me about the the narrative out in the marketplace because we saw, you know, recently, you know, what's a couple of months ago now, you know, a US SPAC raising seven hundred million bucks, valuing them at plus four billion dollars to do recycling of batteries in the, in the US ecosystem, right? Okay, I guess the, the figurehead was, you know, fairly high profile having come from Tesla, but is the conversation today different from a year ago, two years ago? Do people better understand the need for battery recycling? And I say that in the context of companies like BHP offloading their oil and gas services and saying, we need to get into battery metals. They're into copper, they're into nickel, they're, you know, potash as well, you know, separately. but. Those sorts of movements by these big groups seems to seems to have changed the narrative. Are you the beneficiary of that? Oh, look, I, I, I think most definitely. And, and certainly in uh, July and August, it was just a confluence of the news and the, the level of investments that are being made in that supply chain. Like you say, from everything from the global miners, you've seen Rio commit to $2.4 billion worth of expenditure to start commercial operations 
at Yadar in Serbia to produce lithium and boron. Um, you know, they're the, the first of the really, really big super miners to, to do that. Um, you know, BHP signed a, a, a big offtake for nickel sulfate, who are, you know, Tesla with Tesla, and that, they will be the foundation customer, no doubt, for what is the world's, um, you know, certainly the Western world's biggest nickel sulfate plant down at uh, its Quinana refinery, which is sort of 40 k's from where we are in Perth now. And so, you know, you've had that, and then you've had a number of our competitors, you know, going public or doing public offerings. And now you do have line of sight into what these recycling businesses are worth. Now, you know, Lysicle and Redwood, you know, we're probably anywhere from six, 12 months behind those guys in terms of, you know, our, our plans. Um, that's okay. You know, the uh, there's going to be, when you, when you, check the, the, the size of the market and the volumes, you know, we're looking at, you know, in a, in a, in a decade's time, we're looking at volumes, you know, in Europe of about 2 million tonnes. To put that into context, our first plant that we're doing the um, evaluation study on is for a 50 tonne a day or 20,000 tonnes. Even the big plant that we've sized is 200,000 tonnes. So I think what has become evident, the conversation from two years ago to one year now, is that the plant sizes that we were quite minded to, to, to study a year ago will invariably need to be bigger and more of them. And that suits us because we've got a fantastic partner who's in the business of building plants. So rather than just saying, oh, we're going to invest and do this, 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 actually our partner is quite minded to build lots of plants and, and big plants. Um, so, you know, I think um, just you've got that whole thematic of, of EV. Then you've got another tailwind or adding to the tailwind, the ESG thematic and the decarbonisation of transport. And, you know, if we are going to reduce the CO2 footprint of the EVs, it has to come from the battery side. Right, and it has to come from the battery supply side, and all roads lead to hydrometallurgical refining. It's interesting to me the conversations we had a couple of years ago. Was, you know, one people didn't understand really what you were doing, didn't necessarily understand how to value the area that you were moving into, and I think more third and most importantly was like, how on earth are these guys going to fund it? But now, with the narrative that's out there, the funding bit. It is incidental almost. It's like the, the people understand the need for it. I think more importantly, the the funds are, and the institutions and the you know the funders funders seem, need to, they understand the market now to the extent that that's no longer a big hurdle. I mean, it, am I reading that wrong, Jeremy? I think uh, you've had as much to deal on that side as I have, so it might be appropriate for you to take that one. No, Matt, I think you're probably spot on in terms of, you know, how we fund the recycling and some of the other projects. I think that's something that we're not losing sleep on overnight. We're considering it, you know, debt, equity splits, other creative alternatives. But that's sort of taken a, a backseat to, you know, with the recycling sourcing feed and, and talking with these big partners because you mentioned our discussions a couple of years ago and, and they have moved on and we were talking about transparency on valuations and, and some of those pieces are out there now for people to do their own back of the envelope. 
you know, catalysts, what do they look like? And we're slowly ticking those off. And so I think it's uh, with a couple of investment decisions next year and one the year following, this is actually getting quite tangible. You know, this is looking real in the in the short term rather than the long term. So it's not in the never-never anymore. So how much how much more of this kind of uh, show me phase do we have to go through? Because you know, Jeremy, you you, you so Chris, you, you're talking about you know you know two hundred thousand ton plants, whereas you possibly couldn't have even dreamed of that a couple of years ago. Is if you're looking at the American ecosystem and you're looking at the European ecosystem, there's not too many players in Europe at the moment. And your partners, who are a pretty punchy, you know, billion euro type company. What are what has their ambition changed? Has Primobius's ambition changed as a result of these conversations recently? Well, look, you know, we we put in the announcement. You know, this is evidence that the funding commitment by the shareholders to Primobius is is evidence of the unwavering support to make Primobius the preeminent recycler in the Western world. That's that's. That's the primary business strategy. You know, we, we want to have, uh, you know, a gold-plated German-engineered plants that we can deploy uh, in hub-and-spoke arrangements for a wide range of customers. We've got MOUs with Stelco covering North uh, America. We've got one with a Tochu for looking at Japan and sort of elsewhere around Asia. Lots of other conversations going on with all sorts of partners up and down the battery supply chain. And so, you know, it's, um, I think we're just really, really excited and, and you know, to get stuck into it um, as, as evidenced by what we've said in today's announcement. Okay. Well, I think I think the market's a little bit excited too. You're up 30% from when we last spoke at the beginning of August. So um, that's that's all good news. Guys, I just want to keep it short and punchy today. Uh, appreciate you coming on at a short notice and giving us an update on, on that press release. Uh, congrats on the share, apply, share price um, and, and keep telling that story. Thank you very much, Matt. Uh, have a good day, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.